0: here we go. I have a message for today, I believe. <laughs> I do. The Lord gave me a title yesterday. I'd gone for a walk and um, it formed within me and it was love leads me, love leads me and how appropriate just walking on the trail and love leads me. Actually, I was running and it it does feel at times like a run life um, and it is the run of faith and the run, the run that um, Christ has already uh, paved the way for, but um, it's Love Leads Me. Without recognizing that we are led in this walk here on earth, it would be really quite confusing and, and quite um, disturbing at this moment that I just realized i will not my mic. mic on. Mic is on. Awesome. So here we go. Mic is on. So the title for today is Love Leads Me, and that without a revelation and an understanding uh, that we are led by the Holy Spirit, we'll be just totally overwhelmed, especially in this hour, that the knowledge that I am God and that I belong to God, and the knowledge that now I have a heavenly father, the knowledge that now I'm not of my own, the knowledge that I'm kept safe by Him, I'm kept saved by God is really a great stability in this hour. And so without daily recognizing, you know what, my life counts. My life is predestined. My life is assigned to be here for right now. My life is a life of purpose. And because it's a life of purpose, then there is a plan. And if there is a plan, then there is a planner. And if there is a planner, then the planner can lead me in the plan that He has already pre-planned for me. And so that's kind of how I always go back to the place when uh, maybe in my head I might not, not know what the next moment is, I might not know what the next motion in life is, but recognizing I'm not of my own, and when I, I know I'm not of my own, then I recognize there's divine destiny that's being worked out and walked out through me. And on the trail of life and on the run of life, we know that there is a, a one that's gone before us, a forerunner, a forerunner, and is the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the forerunning that he did before us, it has made it wide open now for us to walk. And so we can go with that to John, John 10. John 10. What comfort this, this scripture gives to us, John 10. I have a new stand. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the Good Shepherd. That we have a good shepherd, that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. Now I, I was brought up in Europe and my granddad was a shepherd and just, uh, having watched the shepherding of the sheep, having watched, uh, we had like a huge, um, fenced in yard for the sheep and they were all over. And as soon as the shepherd showed up, which was my granddad, they just, they came to attention. It was just amazing, uh, watching each little sheep in that big enclosure on their own little moment, as soon as my granddad showed up at the gate, they all lined up. Just profound. I still to this day have memories of that. And then he opened that, the door of that pen, you know, the gate, and he would just take them to pasture. And he'll leave them. And they'll follow. It was just, as a, as a young child, I was um, just watching that. Spent a lot of summers with them, and it, it was every morning. The same thing. They're on their own thing. As soon as my granddad showed up, they lined up, door open, and they just, he walked, and they just followed. It was almost like this unseen uh, lead. And that's what it is with our lives, is when we behold truth and recognize that's my lead, we always will follow truth. And the key is to recognize our shepherd. Because my granddad would have a lot of other, you know, Peers that would come and they would work the land, and, and not a single one was followed by the sheep except my granddad. You know, I remember trying to do the same thing opening the door, are they gonna follow? No. <laughs> and um, so, here Jesus is our, our, our shepherd, our great shepherd. So, here in, in John 10:1, most assuredly, I say to you, these are the words of Jesus, most assuredly. What assurance is in that? He's saying, for sure, I'm telling, I'm communicating a truth to you, most assuredly. I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. What means is there is a proper way into the things of God. There's a proper entry into the things of God. And we don't climb over walls. We don't just uh, stumble into something um, inappropriately. But we are actually led very precisely into the kingdom of God. And verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Going back to how often we've spoken about recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit, to be able to discern the voice of the master in the midst of the... Um, barrage of other voices there are so many voices at any given moment and especially now that are communicating what they're saying is true they're communicating their twist or their perception of truth is and if we do not recognize the singleness of the voice of God it's it's so distracting and it's so confusing but he says that the sheep his sheep those of his pasture they know his voice the sheep, they hear his voice. They attend to his word. They attend to the intonations of his voice. They're they they, they, they are familiar with the way he communicates. They're familiar to how he calls their name. They're familiar with how he beholds them. They're familiar with his presence. To be familiar with the presence of the Lord, of the good shepherd, and to know his voice, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out he calls them by name and there again we have that you know we're in in the body of Christ one body but yet many members and he knows each member individually He knows each one of us by name and he's so attentive to each one of us that he has designed us to bear the name he's given to us, which is pretty amazing that he's given me a name, a name that is my own name. Really, my name now is in his name that I'm a partaker of his divine name. And yet I have an individuality by giving me the name of Desi. The way he calls my name, I know that. Intonation. I know that loving kindness that's in his voice. I know the tenderness in his voice, even even in the moment of correction. Because we, we, we look at you know the title is love leads me, and so love leads us in the right way. Love leads us in the right way. So if love leads us in the right way, then we know there's many other wrong ways. If he says my sheep know my voice, it means that there's other voices. If we're to know the one true voice, it means there's other voices that are then not true voices. Calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And I love that. Leads them out. He leads you out of every confinement. He leads you out of every entrapment. He'll lead you out of every confusion. He will lead you. When you know His voice, He's there to lead you out. He's there to lead you into safe pastures. He'll never take you into trouble, though in this world there is trouble, but He will not take you into trouble. He will take you always out of trouble. He'll always take you out of turbulence into peace. And of course, the story of of the disciples and the boat and, and the tumultuous seas and at night and um, here comes Jesus. And there's safety with Jesus. There's always safety. There's always safety with Jesus. There's always, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. When He is in my moment and He always is because He ever lives in me. When He is in my moment, I'm coming out of it. Out of every moment, out of every, every confusing moment of, I really, I don't understand this, God. And I remember a season of my life uh, from John chapter 3, uh, where Nicodemus uh, goes, the ruler of the synagogue go, goes to, 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 to Jesus. Oh, I, let's go there since we already are in John. Spend a lot of time in this Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. Was a Pharisee came to Jesus at night because he was after keeping a reputation, being afraid of being persecuted. Here he comes to Jesus and he said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher. This is 3-2. We know that you're a teacher. Come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus says to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And and then, you know, the story goes, Nicodemus says, well, how can I be born again? How can I go back in my mother's womb and come out? And Jesus said, no, you have to be born of water and the Spirit. This is verse 5. And unless you're born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again because why? Verse six, that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so we are now born of the spirit and we are a spirit. We are a spirit after the manner of God. And, and so here then is the description of what that looks like. Verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. And so the Lord said to me during that moment of, of, of you know, it goes back to a few years, was that you don't have to understand me, to trust me. You don't have to understand the way of the shepherd to follow the shepherd. You don't have to understand uh, exactly what it is he's saying. You just have to discern his voice. And when you discern his voice, voice, you follow the instruction and the instruction, the instruction might not make total sense to your mind, but as long as you're following him, you always be led into safety. You always be led into preservation. You always be led in in, in, in glory and more glory and more glory because you always lead us out And so just because we don't fully understand why the master is going that way and not this way, which seems the better way, I don't, I don't check with my own senses to determine which way I go. I always follow my master. And so that is really the, the walk of faith is a singularity of a walk. It's, there's a singleness to it that we really don't ever have an opportunity or advantage or privilege. To rely on our own senses. Because as soon as we do that, we're not being kept anymore by God. Because the Lord said to me, love leads me and the lead is the keep. The lead is the keep. And so he'll always lead me out of trouble into safe pastures. And if I don't follow the lead, then I would not be kept by that lead. Will not be kept by that lead. So verse four. And when, so go back to John 10 4. John 10 4. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. He's the forerunner. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, they'll by no means follow an unknown. They'll by no means follow an unknown God. They'll by no means follow the unknown. They'll follow the one that they know. And so there's safety in the one that you know. It's it's in any relationship when you know someone, there's a, a level of safety. You discern that that person has your best interest. And, and, and so it's easy to commune with that person versus stranger where you go through these different testings of character. But with God, God has proven himself over and over that he is faithful. That he has our best interest. And so we only follow the one. We know we don't have to go explore strange ways. Well, I have to go explore strange ways to, to get a bit more enlightened, to get a little bit more um, ensnared in the process. A little bit more confused. A little bit more dismayed. Because now I really don't know who I know. And really at the end of the day comes, I really don't know who I want to know. So now I'm determining my own, my own affections, from my own know-how. I make choices. I want to do what I want to do. I want to follow what I want to follow. And I determine the lead of my life, which means I determine the one I follow. Because man is made to follow. We of our own, there, there is just an intrinsic predisposition for us to follow. That we we're never as a human person in the lead. We're always in the follow. And we're made to follow a spiritual entity. We're made to be inhabited by a spiritual entity. We're made to have a master. A spiritual master. And that's why Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. You either love the one, hate the other. You serve only one master. And so then what happens is in the midst of the confusion, we decide which master we want to follow. And by saying, I'm not going to follow him, Jesus. Because his way is too narrow, his way i I don't know, I don't know, it's too restrictive to my to my flesh then then I would choose to not follow and at that moment, you're following another. you're following a strange way, a way that really is supposed to be fleed from, because in verse five again, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And here in verse fourteen. Jesus says, I am, I am, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. I am the good shepherd. Ah, there's something so wonderful about that. I am the good shepherd. I am the one that would lead you into those things that are good for you. I am the one that has only goodness on my mind. I am the one that only leads you in that which is of benefit for you, eternal benefit for you. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. I know you. I know them. I know my sheep. Those are mine. I know them, and I'm known by them. And so here we come back to this uh, place of fellowshipping, the fellowship we have with the Father and the Son and the Spirit, that we have now become one and that we know one another. And so when you know something, then... It's not like you don't know it anymore. You can't unknow it. You know it. And knowing something is stability. Knowing that I'm his, knowing that he knows me, knowing that I'm led by him is stability to me. Then I can't unknow that unless I make a choice to harden my heart and to walk away from that which I know. and So here he defines what kind of a shepherd he is in um, 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I laid down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. You know, um, this is huge for a shepherd to say that. He's not going to lay down my life. And he can't because he's a shepherd. The shepherd has a right to lay down the life of the sheep because they're his. But he lays down his life for the sheep. That's divine love. I'm going to lead you by me dying. I'm going to lead you. By me dying, and when I come up from, 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 from the grave and the hell together with me, you also are coming up. You also are coming up. He said, I laid down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I laid down of myself. I have power to lay down and I have power to take it again. And this command I have received from my father. He's got the power of life. And so our shepherd not only laid down his life, but he picked up his life. He picked up his life. Has the power to lay down, has the power to take it again. And, and as his, and we know that him and the father are one. And as the father picked him up, as they, they, by the power of the Holy Ghost, as he was picked up, it was, it, God picked himself up out of hell and now leads us into everlasting life here in um, 28, same chapter. Actually, let's go to 26. But you do not believe because you're not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish because he's got the power of life. And when we're following him, we're following the power of life. When we're following the good shepherd, we are following life. And so now life is leading us. The power of life is leading us. And they shall never perish. That's how we know he's the good shepherd. He'll never lead us into perishing, but he always leads us out of perishing and he'll lead me into life. Um, wonder why the Lord gave me this message. Because there's so many leads to follow right now that none of them promise eternal life. Everything is calling out perishing. It's all to do with fear. It's all to do with unbelief. It's all to do with perishing. It's all to do with fend for yourself. Because you really can't trust the lead of God. You really don't know. You got to do what you got to do. And yet he says, I am the good shepherd. I lead you into life. I give you I give them eternal life. Well, right there, fear is eliminated. Fear is gone. Eternal life. Eternal life here on earth. To never die. And even should Jesus, even we go by our body, our mortal body goes by the way of the flesh, our spirit man will never taste death because we are his now. We've been raised together with him when he He was picked up from hell. We were picked up into divine life, into divine existence, into eternal existence that will never die again. And so the lead is never into perish. And so that is my confidence today. My confidence today is that I can walk boldly and confidently in the midst of great adversity and recognize I am led by life and I'm led into life. Because he is my good shepherd. He knows my name. He knows why I'm located at all times. Why? He placed me there. He placed me there. He led me there. He is with me. The shepherd is always right next to the sheep. He never walks away from the sheep. I don't have to locate myself to God. I don't have to even locate myself to God, going back to John 3, 8. That, you know, the wind blows as, as, as it wills, the spirit moves. Just because I am not locating the moment at this moment, that I'm not fully understanding why this moment, I don't have to have a care about the moment, because I know I'm led into it and I'll be led out of it. It will be a triumphant leading. It will be a good leading because we're led by the good shepherd. We're not led by the hireling, the hireling in verse 12 because there Jesus talks about the, the false shepherds. In verse, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. That's Jesus. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That's that's profound. Let us not take it lightly. The shepherd dies for the Baba Sheep. But the significant one, the leader dies for the one that's to follow. The leader, the lead, the good one dies for the one that needs to be led into good. That's what qualifies him as a good shepherd. That's what pleased the Father. He says, my Father in 17, the Father loves me. Why? Because I lay down, because I humble myself. In Philippians, Paul writes about Jesus, though, you know, he knew he was equal with God. He didn't think it robbery. He didn't think it robbery to call himself one with his Father. Astounded all the Pharisees and told him he was from, from Satan. And yet what did Jesus do knowing who he is, one with the Father? He humbled himself and became a man and died the death of the cross. I am the good shepherd, verse 11 again. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, gives his life for the sheep. If he gave his life for me, I'm assured. I'm assured that he's for me. Why would he give his life for me if he's not for me? Never ever is God against us. Never ever has God left us unless we go after a stranger. And even there, there's a rod and there's a staff that, that the Holy Ghost and the Word of God being brought to remembrance to take us right back on that one true path of the good shepherd. Verse 12, but the hireling, the one that's the higher shepherd. I remember that my granddad, when the you know, when the, the, the sheep will grow too big or certain seasons where my granddad was um, busy with, with other crops and, or going to market. He would have hired shepherds to look after the sheep. But the sheep's response was never the same as with my granddad. I harling, he who is not the shepherd. See, the sheep only have one shepherd. The one true shepherd. The Lord Jesus Christ, true shepherd. The harling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, fear has him, and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Whenever there's a scattering in a congregation, it's a sign the wolf is there. What does he say? The harling flees because he's a harling does not care about his sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. I'm known by my own. He cares for us. As the father knows me, 15, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and the other sheep I have, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they'll hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The voice of God is always one. The voice of God is never divisive. There ought to be never division in the body of Christ. The voice of God is into unification, into the oneness that we already have with the Son and the Father. And that's the one way that we have safety that we know will not be scattered because he always leads us into oneness. He always leads us into oneness with himself. And there's just something profound that to the core of who we are, of being one with another, of no separation, never again. It's like with your loved one, you'd, you'd hate to see separation happen. And so the voice of God is always bringing us and placing us into oneness. In Matthew 10, let's go Matthew 10, 38. He who does not take, this is the words of Jesus again. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy. Of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And right before that, there's a great forsaking that he's talking about. A great forsaking of those things that our affections are strong, so strong towards. But he's saying. Some strong words. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And then this is what I just read. And he who doesn't take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. There's, there's, I, I just looked across in, in, um, Chapter 10 of verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher to follow the teacher, right? And a servant like his master. If they call the master of the house bells above, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that would not be revealed and hidden that would not be no. And so here we have again that when the Lord leads us, there will be moments of forsaking. It is never uh, to my outer man an easy walk. The walk of Christ is a total denying of self. The walk of Christ is a total denying of that which seems right in my head, Um uh, of the world. And as I start walking the walk of Christ and my mind becomes renewed by the word of God, that which seemed right before suddenly, re- it's not so right anymore. That which had a voice in my life before suddenly should not have a preeminence of of, of a sounding in my life and so there's a constant forsaking there's a constant pressing there's a constant walking out this divine salvation that he has gone before and ensured it'll be pure triumph. but we are to follow him alone we are to follow him alone there's no following another and thinking that we will be safe in this hour And so, though there might be accusations, they accuse Jesus. Though there might be trepidations, he says, don't fear them. Because love is leading you now. The one that the father loved because he laid down his life for the sheep. The God so loved us that he laid down his life for the sheep. That God so loved us that he laid down his life to ensure that we recognize his commitment towards us. To recognize his, his power of life towards us. That he has now given us eternal life because he has the power to lay down his life and the power to pick up his life. Now that's profound. And because now from all the teachings we've had, we recognize that we now identify with the Christ life, then I have this power of life. And so often we've spoken of being us, us now in Christ, in our new creation, being a life-giving spirit, that we can now release this life power to another. We can now release life into our moments. We can now, as we follow the lead of life, we are walking out divine life on earth. We are walking out eternity here now. Isn't that amazing? Because we're following light. Because we're following light. Because God is light. Coming out of darkness all the time. Here in, if we go back to John 12, 12, 36. While you have the words of Jesus again. While you have the light, believe in the light. While you have the light. Isn't while you have the light, believe in it. There is illumination in you in you walk, walk in it. There, there is a there there is a revelation that that has been given to you. Walk in it. Your eyes have been illuminated. Your eyes, the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart have been enlightened. Walk in it. Believe it. Believe it. Wow, it's light. Wow, it's lit up. Wow, the revelation is big in your heart. Lay hold of it. Don't let it go. Because we we know we have an adversary. We have an adversary who always comes for the sake of the word. He always comes for the sake of the word. And so if the if he is light and he is the very word of of, of light, then we have an adversary that's always coming to steal that light, to steal the word of light. And so he's saying, while you have the light, walk in it, that you may become sons of life. That's the partaking of divine nature. That's the partaking of divine nature. While you may have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light next page over f- verse um 46 i've come this is jesus i've come as a light into the world but whoever believes that that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness Keep in, in mind we're talking about the good shepherd The good shepherd has come to lay down his life and to give us eternal life and that he is the light of the world, that he is come, uh, he has come as a light into the world. And so when he's leading us, we're actually following light, right? We're following light. I've come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. Look at the profoundness. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. I have not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command that I should say what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So the context is the good shepherd and that we know His voice, that when we know His voice, we obviously know His Word. And He says, these words that I speak to you, they're the Father's words. And here at the end of verse 50, He says that these words that He's speaking are everlasting life. And in verse 48, He said, the word that I've spoken, would judge him in the last day. So can we then say that he's leading us with light? The light is the word and that the word is everlasting life. So what's going to judge us? Everlasting life. The lead by which he has led us. The light by which he has led us. That's why he says, while you have the light, believe. While you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. Do, 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 do not harden your hearts to the lead of the word of God because you will be judged by that lead. The lead itself will judge you. See, his love, he came to lay down his life. To communicate to you, I'm for you to communicate the abundance of love he has for you, that the shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. And you know, we, you know, it might seem like a very simple, simple, simple message in the beginning. It was, it was trying to break a hard show in the message because it's so, it's religiously been taught. Jesus, the good shepherd, follow the good shepherd. We save this little picture of a shepherd, a little sheep after him. There's a lot more at stake than that. The lead by which he's leading you, the light of revelation that he's given to you, the understanding that he has opened up in you for you to perceive and to know him and to become familiar with the voice of God. That is the work of the Holy Spirit that you are accountable for. He says, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> That's a profound statement. If we go back to 47, if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. So by his saving, there's a judgment that's working. His salvation, his saving leads, you give an account for. He did his part. Our part is to follow. And that's the part we'll give an account. Did we follow the instruction? Because the instruction is eternal life. It never perishes. And that day of judgment before the Father, it will stand. That word, that divine instruction, stands forever, does not perish. And we'll hear it again. And that moment realize, I didn't do it. And it's that instruction that will face you. That you refuse to face down here. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I've spoken would judge him in the last day. And then he says, that word was the Father's word, and that word is everlasting. Life, that word is eternal life. And so now if we go, we just did a Dominion conversations with Boris and Nick Gertz and um, what had come up was a pretty profound uh, moment of revelation on the seven churches in the in the book of Revelation. Let's go to the book of Revelation. The theme is the Good Shepherd, right? Love leads, and love keeps. The lead is the keep. The lead is the keep. The lead is the keep. And I'll give an account for the keep. I'll give an account for the lead. Did I follow the instruction? That's all. we Did I follow the instruction? And that's why he says, Today, when you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. Revelation. Let's go. We looked at this word briefly, but I'll look at it. More, yeah. So let's go to, the, there's one word i used three times in the book of Revelation. Uh, and it ties to what I just said, that his word would judge us. His word, the everlasting truth, light would judge us. This is to the church in Ephesus, the one that walked away from their first love. Uh, chapter 2, let's go 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds, this is the word, who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars And you have persevered and have patience, have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. What an accolade from the mouth of Jesus. Nevertheless, 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 it's always about the state of your heart. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. You walked away from the lead. You walked away from love that led you. You walked away from that good shepherd that laid down his life for you. You walked away from the love. And that's why in John 12, was it, he said, I'm not going to judge you. I only come to save. I only come to save, but by the way that I lead you, I'm not leading of my own accord. My father, I'm accountable to my father. My father gave me a commandment to give to you, and it's by this commandment that he calls light, that he calls love, that he calls eternal life. That is what's being imparted in you, and while you have light, believe it. While you have light, believe it. While you have light, believe it. Because that light would judge you. Over the weeks, we've looked at God is love and God is light. So when we say light, we also mean love. God is God. God is justice. God is purity. God is holy. And so here, we see Jesus saying, you know, these accolades. These 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 moments that are that are the Church of Ephesus called those the, the false apostles and uh, called them liars outright, didn't, didn't put up with their wrong teachings. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first life, you left your good shepherd. You left your good shepherd, the one that came to lay down his life, you left him. So, and yet here Jesus says. In in back to verse one, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walked in the midst of seven golden lampstands. The one that holds the church in his hand. So that word hold is from the word kratos, which is dominion. It's it's 2902 krateo. The one it means to be strong, to rule, the one who rules. The one who has mastery over, the one has dominion over his church. I'm holding on to you. I'm holding on to you. I am the good shepherd. I came to save you. I'm not letting go of you, but you departed from me. I'm holding on. And so the instructions to the other churches, a lot of it is to do with holding on. So here to the, we look at the other church in Territaro that we looked on the Dominion Conversations on Friday. Uh, this is again a uh, chapter 225. Hold fast what you have till I come. Hold fast is that word. Hold, Jesus said he, holding the churches. That's krateo, that's from kratos, from dominion. Strong rule, I'm strong, mighty. I rule, I master, I prevail, I obtain, I take hold of, I hold fast. Means prevail with that which has been given to you. Hold fast that you, you have what you have until I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works, keeps my word until the end. To him, I'll give power over nations. To the one that's holding on to my word, to the one that's holding on the, to the word that led him until now, to the one that that I gave the word by that word you will be judged. If you hold on to the word, you only go from life to life to life. My lead is an eternal life. My lead is eternal glory. My lead is to give you the crown of glory. My lead, my lead is to take you into the crown of righteousness that I am. I want to give to you, and that's what he says to the faithful church in in, in Philadelphia beautiful statement beautiful statement it's verse 11 behold this is chapter 311 behold I'm coming quickly how appropriate for this hour right now I'm coming quickly hold fast the same word curtail be strong rule prevail obtain the promise Keep the promise. Hold fast. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have. So hold fast. Hold, that is the same word, that was used in how Jesus holds to the church. He's saying, you now, in the same manner, hold on to that which is what you have. That which has been entrusted to you, that no one may take your crown. That no one may take your crown. I'll flip through three verses. You just stay there. That no one will take your crown. What is this crown? Timothy, uh, sorry, Paul to Timothy writes in um, in Second Timothy. I just have to find it quickly. Uh, verse six. This is Paul at the end of his journey. Apostle Paul. From I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight. What is it? I've kept the faith. I fought. I fought. I fought. I I held on to it. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Finally. You see, that's what he tells the churches. Paul did it. Finally, there's waiting for me. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but all, to all who love his appearing. And there, I've, I've had a message on this before. Who loved his appearing is when he appears to us in the word, when we can discern his appearing within the word of God. Here in um, First Corinthians also talks about that there is a crown in 1 Corinthians 9, 25, or let's do 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race, how appropriate, I started with, you know, going on the trail for a run and um, there it was. Love leads me. The race of life. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Hold on to it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. We do it for an imperishable crown. Glory be to God. And I have one more reference in James. James 1.12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Again about overcoming, holding on, endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And the story of the good shepherd is really a testament of perseverance to follow the lead of God to the very end. And that the lead is a lead into eternal life. The lead is unto reward. The lead is unto a great benefit to the kingdom of God and and to just my own assignment on earth, a complete fulfillment that at the end, I can say I had to, like Paul, I have run my race, I finished the course, and now there's laid up for me this crown of righteousness that the Lord, the, the judge, will give unto me on that day. And so I guess the thought behind today's message is follow the lead. The thought behind today's message is love leads us, Love keeps us, and we are accountable. We are accountable to follow the master. We are accountable to follow the lead. Let's go back to John 10. Quickly, we're pretty much done now. Verse 25, Jesus answered and said, I told you, and you do not believe. The question here, let's go 22. And now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, and then the Jews, and he is the temple of God, walks in the temple. That's amazing. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. This is after he says, I'm the good shepherd. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe The works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand because we read how he's holding on to us. There's dominion in his hand. there's a firm there's a firm hold that he has on us. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father, who has given them to me is greater than all the greater one is in us and he's holding us tight today and to the very end. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. And Jude came to my mind. So we're gonna finish with Jude. How appropriate, Jude, for this hour, right before the book of Revelation. If we go, if we go to three, verse three, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary. To write to you, exhorting you to what? Contend earnestly, earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Why? Because some have crept in, he said, to bring forth deception. And so if we go to 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And so he's saying, Contend for the faith that was given to you. And it finishes by saying that he's able to keep you. And so the keeping of God, I'll, I'll, I'll finish, but I just wanted to, to say this beforehand. The keeping of God is as he keeps us and we engage with the keeping by believing the words, by believing the lead, by, by, by receiving the light and believing the light, that we are actually then part of the keeping power of God. So that he's keeping me as I'm keeping his words. So it's not just, oh, up to God to keep me. There is a contending. There is a, the fight of faith. There is a perseverance. There's an overcoming. There, there, there is a. A moment of constant triumph because we recognize we are God now and that we are not of the world but of God because I'm born of God. I've already prevailed over the world. And so now faith the faith of the Son of God that's working by the love of God is prevailing over all things and availing much for the kingdom of God. And so I'm constantly being engaged in this faith walk. I'm constantly being engaged in the lead that in the follow of faith. That faith always follows the master. Faith always follows the word of God. And that's why faith comes by the hearing of the word. By the hearing of the voice of the master. That when I hear the voice of the master and I recognize it's his voice, I follow. I follow by faith. Faith enables me to follow. Because I trust him. Because you're back to 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you. Faultless before the presence of his glory. Wow. He's able to keep us and to present us what? Faultless. Faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. He alone is worthy. He alone is trustworthy. He alone has the power and the dominion, and He has now given it to us to be able to engage with His keeping power so we can follow the lead of love and be kept safe. Amen. We're done. Praise God.